Good morning. Bringing y'all up. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's beautiful out here in Northern California. Hopefully everybody else is having a beautiful Saturday morning. Yeah, it's nice here in Southern California. It's super hot the last couple of days, but it's cooled off again today, which is nice. Yeah, I think they, I heard somebody say, I, I don't think I experienced it, but somebody said it got to 106 in Southern California yesterday. <laughs> I was like, no way. Really? Awesome. Oh my goodness. That's insane. Well, you can come to Seattle. It's 43. Uh, well, that's, yeah, now that's the polar opposite. <laughs> Operating extremes, extreme swings there. Oh my goodness. Wow. 43. Yeah, you got to put a coat on when it's 43. <laughs> exactly. <To> the least. <laughs> and then you got to put a swimsuit on and be next to a pool for a hundred and whatever. Anybody have any great plans for the weekend? Oh, come on, Kelly. I well, know yeah, you do. I say you know my plans. <laughs> I got my, my brother and sister-in-law and nephew are all visiting. So we're going to be... Hanging out and hitting some theme parks and doing all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, I know. Nice. Wish I was going to be there. Got to back out on this one, though. You have to have fun for me, Kelly. I'll do my best. It'll be a hard thing to do, I'm sure. Hey, you know, <laughs> Kelly, Mako's down at Disneyland right now. I know he was texting me yesterday, as I know, I sound okay. like he was texting you. <laughs> He's at, he's at California Adventures like this morning. So if you go down today, you might run into him. Yeah, we've been ah. messaging. I won't talk about which theme parks I'm going to because they might be um, other theme parks. I uh, decided to get parks? on land. What are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. What? I don't understand what the words are that you're saying. <laughs> I, I'm... <laughs> no, no mouse today. <laughs> The, the name that shall not be spoken. Oh, 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 my ears, my ears. Good morning, Jackie and I'm Rita. How are you guys today? Good morning. Um, it's all good since morning. It's been very slow. Uh, I invited one of my friends and colleagues from work uh, to, join, to join our conversation. Uh, so I just sent her a reminder that she needs to join soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yesterday was awesome. Like, it, it was like a no Zoom Friday, but we ended up talking to each other for three and a half hours on Zoom uh, <laughs> while doing our desk work. So that was uh, a very surprising and a very nice welcome change. So, and I talked a lot about uh, this group, so I'm, I'm hoping that she, she joins in today. Absolutely, you know, and if not today, next time, you know. So, you know, it's great that you're sharing it because, you know, this content, we hope it can help anybody at any level and in any, in any industry. So that's, uh, that's great that you're doing that. And I've got to, and I will, as I, once I get everything open here, I'll go down. And one of the things you can do is all the people that fo are following you, in um, this, in, in, in on your profile or in this room, you can invite all the people that are following you in Clubhouse to join. And also um, at the bottom, there's a little box with an arrow going up. And if you guys would take the time to click on that, you can share that and it'll go out to all of your followers. You know, if you want to share this room with them, you want to say something like great content, whatever it is you want to say, that's a way to share this room as well with all of your followers. So hope she joins or he or she joins today, um, Anna Rita, and thanks for inviting them. So we're about, yeah, we're three, about five minutes in. We'll let's see if others are going to join us, but I'll go ahead and open the room. Um, this is the official Learning to Lead Clubhouse, and we meet every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 Pacific Standard Time. This is a clubhouse that was created as a forum where we can talk about all things leadership, the challenges, the achievements, and everything in between. Uh, there's leaders in here at all levels and all industries that bring a broad diversity of leadership experience and perspectives. So whether you're an entry-level leader learning your way or you're a seasoned executive, we're all here to share experiences, our challenges, 
tips, resources, and sage advice. Um, so some of the housekeeping, again, uh, we are an official Learning to Lead Clubhouse, so we really encourage you to follow us. And we welcome everyone on the stage and in the, in the listening lounge uh, today. Um, following the leader, excuse me, following the clubhouse, um, you'll get regular, if you follow, we will give you regular notifications on our topics um, and the information about how to access our recaps. And um, also, we encourage you to follow others in the room as this is a great opportunity for you to expand your network with other leaders. Um, we invite you to join the stage if you're down in the listening lounge as well, or you can raise your hand and we'll bring you up. Um, we also do, um, you can, well, let, let me talk about communication first. You can communicate with us either through a direct message, but there's also a chat box down on the bottom left. And there's also a kite on the right where you can, you can, uh, communicate with us or others within this room. Um, so lastly, we do encourage you to take advantage of our recaps. We recap on LinkedIn. We also send out, um, reminders on LinkedIn. And then we also have a Substack website where we, um, also do recaps and you can if you for some reason missed one of our sessions you can also listen to the audio on that session so we have a great topic today we really appreciate everybody taking time out of their busy sat weekend and all their plans to come and invest in themselves and others i'll turn it over to kelly thanks for the intro and for our, our regular folks that join us thank you for being here and as tamra said it's it's always great and it's always the reminder that uh, we share our recaps and so you know it's really great that if we as we're repeating some of this information folks that have maybe not listened to it, this conversation before or, or finding us for the first time can actually hear what's going on both with replays within clubhouse but also offline so um with that i, I agree with tamara i i love that we've been doing this leadership styles deep dive and what we've done is really taken you know daniel goleman wrote a book about leadership styles and he, where he did a lot of research and really uncovered the primary and most common leadership styles across executives across across multiple industries and it's been great as we're kind of nearing the end this is our second to the last you know in digging into this but i've actually really learned a lot in these discussions and today is one of those as well this is a, a style that i was unfamiliar with from a name label perspective with affiliative but it's something that, um, again, I, I hope that you all uh, enjoy the conversation. I learned from you all as well. I do, before we jump into this, this leadership style, and as we talk about what it actually is, what it means, how people use it, um, and how you can apply it and what to be aware of, I do love to talk about reflection. And I think as we're all kind of busy and the world's changed many times over, especially in the last two years, making sure that we have a practice where we're looking back and we're understanding kind of how things are going for ourselves. Where are we growing? Where do we have challenges? And again, for this group, I, I always say, and, and I hope you maybe are considering doing a practice of just capturing a part of this reflection um, on your own time, but also for anybody who might be listening for the replay, you know, doing this on their own time as well. It's really important that we just do check-ins with ourselves to see how things are going. So we do that by having one word that wraps up the theme for our last week, how things went, how you were doing, uh, how things are going in your life. And so I'm going to round table. Uh, if anybody can't speak for some reason, uh, feel free to, to skip and I'll, I'll move to the next person. But I'll start with Tamsin. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. I'm going to keep it brief since I'm driving. I will go with optimistic. I've kind of rebalanced my um, priorities this week in trying to move forward. Love it. Yeah, that's a great one. I think we talk a lot in this in this, this forum, and I think it's probably time for us to, to bring the topic back again, which is to talk about, you know, priorities and values and spending time on the things that we want and how that does add a lot of optimism to as we think about going forward and, and what's ahead of us. Darius. Um, I'm going to go with energizing. I was down in Orlando a week um, onboarding our new, uh, my new boss, and it was really uh, fun. I was very excited about her energy and um, kind of amplified mine. And I'm running, by the way, so if I sound more winded, that's why. It's fantastic, and it's, I feel like I'm getting the energy from your running, too, Darius. I think it's like a really fitting word that you chose today. Yeah, you have to put an extra mile in for, for, for all of us here. Yeah, since it's 43, i got to go faster to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Darius. That's awesome. Amrita. Hey, um, so for me, the... We, uh, the word for the week was DEI, 
and um, it's because um, there's a program that my company launched and it's for mentorship and uh, they are doing you know mentor mentee uh, trainings so the whole week and it was by the DEI team of my company so the whole week was all about um, uh, mentorship but the team was DEI so I learned so much and I was also surprised that you know this is pretty late of you know of this program to do uh, and take up this theme, uh, but late than never. Uh, late because because uh, in one of my previous companies we did the same type of program that was like five six years ago. Uh, but I was happy that this time around it was very much focused on DEI. There were so many stats that are re like real and research based today today that were shared, and I was so happy that everyone is taking note of that. Um, and uh, a host, like a, a host of topics were covered, like, um, you know, uh, psychological safety, covering, I think covering was the one that hit everyone the most, uh, covering when it comes to identity and so many things. Um, and it just, I, it was so relatable. So I, I love that and uh, so happy about it. <laughs> the theme was DEI for one whole week at least. And it's just the beginning. This was the first week. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I wrote down a few future topics to kind of, I think, bring back. And I think one of them is effective mentorship. You know, that relationship can be really rewarding, um, but it also can be kind of challenging to know what to do as a mentor or a mentee and use that relationship effectively. But also, you know, I love the fact that you brought up, you know, DEI is something that is very close to my heart as well. And so it's great to hear that your company is investing in it and spending time and having those conversations and empowering everyone to get active uh, in your group to do that. So fantastic, thank you for sharing. Chuck, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I would say um, excited, but also like um, nervous. We're, um, uh, we just toured a, uh, did a virtual tour of a house. And um, I think we're gonna be putting an offer on it um, this afternoon. And we're just sort of entering that whole crazy real estate market now officially. So we'll see what happens. Very exciting. Good luck. Uh, it's always exciting to go through that process. <laughs> Thank you. Tamara. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, I used this word last week, but I'm going to use it again this week, which is productive. I've just been, uh, I've accomplished so much this week, uh, just really focused in, leaned in on a lot of things. And I, um, you know, I'm really working a lot on trying to get some some written material out and sharing my voice out there on uh, different platforms. Um, I also had a great opportunity um, the last three days to join a really fantastic virtual coach expo and just some amazing content um, that I was able to learn from and connect with, network with. Um, so I would say very pr productive and um, also really enthusiastic. I mean, I'm super motivated and inspired by all that I've learned this week and all I've really, uh, all the insights I've learned even about my own self. Yeah, that's such, it's great to hear, uh, you know, and, and I think such a great reminder that I think I saw a quote somewhere about and I'm, I'm going to have to share it in the recap because I, I will not get it right at all. But it was about the fact that, you know, life is too short and too precious to really ever be bored. Um, and I, I've heard a lot of different people talk about it as well, that it's, you know, what is boredom really? There's there's rest, there's self-care, there's reflection. It's all these different facts. But to be bored when there's so much out there, and I think to your example, Tamara, I'm aware of what you were talking about, which is, is that was even a free event. So there's so much free content that's out there that, can inspire us, that can open us up, that can teach us. And it's really great to just find those ways to plug in um, and to learn and how impactful it can be to make the time for that, but also know that it's there's a lot out there that you can engage with. So thank you for sharing. Hi, Mark, you just joined. Do you want to share your word for the week? Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, word for the week. Oh, I don't know. It's more of a phrase, getting through it. It's one of those weeks where it's uh, middle of the road, some fun stuff, some tough stuff, uh, but I'm getting through it. Uh, well, we're glad you're here, Mark. We always love to hear your insights. Great. Good to be here, too. 
Yes, welcome. We're, we're good to good to hear you. Yes, and we can all relate. I think that's something that um, I could definitely relate. I think you and I are probably overdue to catch up. Um, it's, uh, you know, and it, it relates, I think, a little bit to my word of the week, which is, um, I think, you know, I, I, uh, I'm kind of thinking between both relaxing, but I think it's, there was an element of focus. I, I cleared a lot of my calendar this week to kind of decompress because it's been really, really busy at work. Um, very much a lot of moving pieces in a lot of different directions, a lot of exciting work, but a lot of, you know, it's just very, very busy and very demanding. And so I had a few really important meetings and it was a good reminder of both giving myself the openness to reflect and relax and unplug. But it was really interesting to see how my days felt when I really only did really critical work. Like if I had to go to a really critical meeting or I had to focus on something, um, how that shifted my mindset. And I've been seeing a lot of different content even. Um, and and uh, Mako actually shared his newsletter, which I'll include in the recap, that was really kind of about this as well, which is all about priorities and, and what is important and what are you actually spending your time on, which means you have to sometimes let go of other things, uh, which is I think a key part of what we talk about as leaders here. But it was a great reminder of taking the time to create some space, even if you can't completely 100% unplug and go on vacation in that moment, but it's really powerful to really shift your mindset, especially in those moments when things do get demanding and really busy. And you feel like you're kind of, you know, as, as Mark said, right in this middle of the road period, there's kind of a lot of different things going on. So um, overall a good week, but a lot of, a lot of good reminders uh, that, I, that I received as I took some downtime and created some space in my days. So with that, I'm gonna jump into the, the topic. So uh, again, as I said earlier, this was not a, a term that I was really familiar with as a leadership style, affi affiliative leadership, but it was interesting to read about it. And we talk a lot about, again, leadership styles and that there's no one best leadership style. It's really about understanding multiple different leadership styles, seeing what you're already doing potentially, or what really aligns with you or what is needed and flexing styles as situations demand. So this one reminded me a lot of a democratic leadership style, but it has some nuances and it has some differences. So, you know, I'm going to definitely ask the room. So I'll kind of prepare you. I'm going to ask, you know, what your thoughts are on this leadership style. What comes to mind? Were you familiar with it before we started, you know, this conversation? And if you were kind of, again, what do you know about it and what, what resonates with you? But I'll start before I ask everyone that question and kind of open the floor with just defining it. So what is this leadership style? An affiliative leadership style is really about relating to a style that is about the formation of social and emotional bonds. It's really about bonding with your team as individuals and as a collective team. And it really can be incredibly powerful in creating very strong, close-knit teams. There's a lot of camaraderie, a lot of support, a lot of looking out for each other. But there's a lot of little risks that can come in with this style as well. But I think understanding that at the core, this leadership style is about loyalty. It's about understanding people and really building strong relationships. People are number one as a priority. It's both the group and the individual, that emotions that are valued and really paying attention to how people are doing and how they are feeling uh, and on individual as well as a team level. And as we think about kind of when we move into how this is used and some of the ways that leaders use this effectively and where there can be some risk, it's really about kind of leveraging a strong moral compass of, of kind of what we should be doing or how we should be acting to really care for each other and provide this level of harmony within our team. So I'm going to pause there. I would love to hear if, you know, what comes to mind again, were you familiar with this style? If you are like, what comes to mind hearing this definition when you think about affiliative leadership. I'll jump in. Um, Cause I, I'm really not that um, familiar with it until I, you know, looked, looked it up, you know, um, recently. And, it, you know, I feel like it's a critical, a critical component to um, what leadership sort of needs to evolve to um with a lot of the um well just you know sort of where leadership is heading but i don't think it's you know and the what what i have read is that there's 
is it like more of a focus on harmony than results to some degree um, where, um, but I think you can make people first while also focusing on results, if that makes sense. Um, and, and I think those personal relationships are critical to being able to provide feedback. They're critical to being able to support the team and create better relationships within the team. Um, but, um, yeah, I, and again, it may be just sort of like from the technical definition of it per se. Um, but I, I firmly believe that making people first can help drive results. Not, it's not an and or proposition. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say too, I just wanted to say, I, I resonate with what you're saying too, Chuck, because I think we are moving in that direction in many ways, but that I, what came to mind when you said that was people want to feel valued. They want to feel like they belong to something and that they're contributing something. Most people do. I didn't say everybody does, but most people do. And, and I think that it's for, for me, affiliative is very important but I think it's something that you don't sit in it all the time. You don't sit in an affiliate of leadership like consistently all the time. Um, but certainly it's something you have to uh, to blend in as you pivot between the various leadership styles. Is, I, I'm not very familiar with this leadership style, but like elements of Ted Lasso come to mind. Or am I incorrect in that? No, I I agree. I'd love to hear where you're heading with this. Well, I mean, a, a lot of it is that there is definitely this. Um, it seems like there's this uh, the, this element of harmony, but the the bonding aspect, right? It is the uh, EQ uh, type of leadership that is bringing thing bringing people together and giving them a bit a bit of what they need in order to get to the place you want them to be at, right? Which is harmony. Um, I'd be curious, you know, I'm, there's always tons of books on, you know, leadership and, you know, different characters and, and, and TV shows and things like that. I'd be curious, you know, what's been written about Ted Lasso. But I don't know, in, in reading just very briefly of, of the affiliative style, that just kind of popped into mind. Because, you know, like when you think about it, for those that have seen the show, Roy Kent's style, very, very, very different than, than Ted Lasso's style, right? Um, but how does Ted get you know, Roy Kent to come around is very much through that EQ, you know, style, you know, uh, providing a level of harmony so that he can become the better leader. Yeah, I hear you, Mark. And I, and I think the other thing I would say is that the, the, these six leadership styles we're talking about that Daniel Goldman put together, it, it is all based upon emotional intelligence. So, you know, I think there's probably similarities and there are so many different types of labels on leadership styles out there that many of them will blend or they've just got a different name. And it's, it's very interesting that how, how different leadership styles are labeled or, or, or uh, they're uh, categorized, should I say. Um, however, there, there really could be, it could be the same type of leadership style just based on various different definitions, affiliative versus uh you know, Ted Lasso's or, or, or any number of other ones. So I think it's, we just have, I think it's all about the value in this conversation is, is about trying to understand, you know, how, how affiliative leadership fits into your uh, repertoire or your tool, tool, your tool, tool belt. And when you use it, but I'd be curious, I don't know much about Ted Lasso. I'd be curious to hear a little more about, um, what you know about Ted Lasso and how it, how it associates with affiliative leadership style. Well, I mean, for those that haven't uh, seen it, it, I watched it for the first time, I think maybe about a week and a half, two weeks ago. That's why it's so, so top of mind. And everybody was telling me to, that I needed to watch it. It's a very quick watch on Apple, a lot of 30 minute episodes, but the premise is, you know, Hey, look, you've got this football coach, American football coach that was hired by a British football, meaning, you know, American so or soccer uh, team to coach. And he had never had any experience before coaching soccer. But his coaching technique and his coaching style was that of, you know, uh, respecting everybody and, uh, you know, finding the best in people uh, in, in a very positive. Um, and when I mean positive, I mean, like way over the top positive. Uh, perspective on life and, and how to bring the best out in people. And so when you have all these different personalities, he was very much trying to, even when they were, they were um, very combative against each other, 
because they were on this losing streak, he was able to bring out the best of individuals. Roy Kent is the uh, captain of the team. He has this very bombastic, very yelling, uh, hey, do it this way, or you know, you're effing it up, uh, very bombastic approach to leadership. And you know, Ted was able to not get him to stop that, but use it in a different way that actually ends up being a bit constructive when we're talking about our different types of leadership style, when that authoritative uh, style comes into play, that's the Roy Kent style. And so he was able to kind of refine that um, with him. And so it, the, the show is actually, you know, if you want to break it down on the leadership perspective, it does have a bunch of different, you know, leadership angles. Uh, the owner of the club has a different, you know, style and, and, and things like that. You've got uh, the up and coming uh, coach Beard is the assistant coach. He has a completely different style and much more supportive to his leader, but he still maintains a leadership style. So the show is a really interesting study on just leadership styles in general. But the Ted Lasso one, I think, might equate most to the affiliative one. Curious as to anybody else who's seen who's seen the show and, and has a perspective on it. I, I think that was a great synopsis. And I, I mean, there's... Yeah, you could write a, a a little bit of a case study on it because I mean you, you mentioned high EQ, you know, but also they um, the one thing they also did too was um, um, kind of focus on like locker room um, and the locker room and, and the kind of conversations that happened there and um, you know th- there's one thing of, of note is that they talk about how men don't necessarily talk about emotions and they, they, you know, they're having safe conversations and positive conversations and not in, you know, losing a lot of the toxic masculinity that you see in, in locker rooms. He works, you know, that affiliative leadership style, he creates harmony over time through the show between like the, the team and then the, the people owning the club as well, you know, that hadn't been there. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting um, show from that perspective, from the leadership perspective. All very fascinating. I have not watched Ted Lasso. It has been something recommended to me many times. So I'm going to have to now, especially after this, um, go watch it. But I think everything, you know, well said in very much, I think, aligns with this leadership style. And as we're kind of reaching the halfway point, I think, you know, this style, when you start to kind of first look at it, right, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And I think to, you know, what you said early, Chuck, about this is where leadership is kind of evolving, which is that, you know, people matter, that, you know, we we may have seen in the past, you know, workplace environments lean much more towards just get the work done any way possible. And it doesn't really matter, you know, who who's lost in the in the output, right? What the burnout is, we don't care. The, the conversations are shifting, as we all know, towards, you know, people matter. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, as we shift into like, how do you actually apply this leadership style? You know, what are the benefits of this style, which we're kind of hitting on, which is a lot of this idea of harmony and people feeling important and feeling heard and seen and valued, you know, but there are also risks. And I I think someone mentioned it early on, you know, some of the risks here can be that, you know, if you over index into everything has to be harmonious all the time, you know, it can make sometimes conflict avoidance come up, um, both in dealing with team dynamics or in helping your team understand how to deal with their own dynamics. And conflicts happen. We as leaders have to help resolve those conflicts, but we also have to equip and train and work with our teams so that they can develop the you know emotional intelligence to deal with those conflicts as well. And so I think sometimes that's one of the risks. I also you know, have read a lot. And I think many people probably have as well. There's been a lot of articles written, I would say in the last, you know, maybe year or two about this idea that quite frequently, this leadership style can lead towards that idea of my team is my family. And and we've heard that language used quite frequently. And I think there there has been a lot of conversation about the risk in that which is to remind people that we can connect as individuals and we can have strong camaraderie and we can care about each other as individuals, but you're, we're not family because I think that sometimes can create an unnecessary level of stress and pressure on individuals and an unnecessary sometimes, you know, idea of loyalty 
that can sometimes hold people back even in their careers if they become so beholden to this idea that they have to be loyal to this family that is their team. So I put a lot of stuff out there, but I would love to hear, you know, what you all think about, you know, both, you know, some of the benefits, but also some of the potential risks of a style like this where, you know, we, we potentially could over-index or go into an area where we're leaning too far towards harmony or creating this, you know, family entity at work and, and what the risks might be there. I want to just jump in there and give, you know, I think, uh, they, I think some of you, you're probably all thinking quite a bit, but I think part of it is too, we're still trying to really understand uh, this leadership style as we think about that. But um, with affiliative leadership being primarily about, you know, harmony, harmony is like the focus, let harmony reign. And everything in this leader, if they sit in 100% affiliative leadership style, everything's about bringing everybody together, friendship in the workplace, you know, peace in the workplace, et cetera. Um, that's kind of the focus here. It's, it's all about bringing everybody together. And oftentimes also the leader can be, as you said, Kelly, can be the, the, the center of resolving all conflict, you know, and the team can become very dependent upon the leader to constantly be resolving conflict or, and whether that's within the team or even something that's outside the team, it's always the leader who has to jump in the middle of it and try to create harmony once again and peace in the workplace and one of the things that comes to mind for me i think in and again this is just a you know kind of a a raw example but um somebody who's maybe a very new leader you know i think i remember when i became you know in my first management role you know you're you're in this un, you know in this unfamiliar territory and you know you want to do well and you're you're rise oftentimes rising up out of your peer group, and you know they're all skeptical about why you were the chosen one. You know that can happen, and so a lot of times the leader's struggling with trying to uh, can continue to to balance those relationships with their peers that they're now the superior over, and can often over index into trying to be, to please people, to have people be, you know, to like them, those types of things. And so that's where I can almost see this, this becoming detrimental to the, to the leader because they're not going to be driving on the performance or, or they may be overlooking it, or they may be overlooking conflict, avoiding it, because it's a very, that's probably the hardest thing in leadership is to deal with, with, uh, um, situations of conflict within the team. And so um, that's kind of a rough, I, you know, I, I think, again, as we think about what is affiliative leadership and what are the pros and cons of it, I, I know we're all trying to sort of marinate on this and figure out how does this fit in. I, I just think that it's something that um, you have to balance between creating harmony because there's situations where you do need to do it, a new group or maybe a, a team you walk in on that's very toxic or there's no trust in the leader. You know, affiliated leadership is critical. You got to go in there. You got to build that team up. You've got to build those relationships, but you also need to to teach the team how to resolve, you know, hypothetically between if, if I had a conflict between two team members, I would expect them to go try to resolve it themselves first. That's my first expectation before they come to me, but not if I'm in affiliative all the time, I might jump in the middle of it right away. Just a few of my thoughts. Yeah, just to echo that, I mean, I think the key thing is it's just like when you build your team, you don't want all the same personality, right? You want diversity there. And the same thing, this is diversity in leadership styles. And it's about first understanding what the styles are. And then kind of the second level of learning is when do you use them, right? And I think to your point, a lot of times you want to let the team try first to solve themselves. But as a good leader, then knowing when do you step in? Like, when does that stop become a moment of learning for the team and more about something that's, you know, spiraling? It's going to a point where it won't resolve itself. So to me, it's really about another, you know, style, a tool to have in your toolkit and then knowing when to pull it out. Yeah, I I was just listening in also. I, I had this question in mind. Uh, so how do we know? Or is there a symptom that tells us that um, it's it's time that, or this style is not working? Or is there a scenario uh, that someone can share about 
um, where this style hasn't worked or has stopped working. And that is when they switched to a different style. Uh, what would be such a scenario? Well, I think the biggest the biggest thing here, uh, the biggest downfall, I think that sort of or the biggest con disadvantage to this leadership style would be uh, the risk of underperformance or loss of long term goals. You know, if all of a sudden performance starts to falter because the leader is not giving constructive, positive, regular feedback and, and they're focused so much on harmony, then that's when performance starts to slip. So you have, you know, the leader would still need to be able to, number one, track very closely, monitor performance. You know, are we are we doing what we need to do every day and are we hitting our goals, our metrics? And if that's sliding, the leader has to do something. So that that's the scenario I think of where you need to probably adjust, either adjust in your affiliative approach or pivot to another leadership style. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i seen situations, very, and I think this echoes a little bit of what you were saying, uh, Tamara, um, where a very highly skilled engineering team, and I, they over-indexed, I think, on both the affiliative style, but also the demo, uh, democratic style, too, a little bit, when I think about it. Um, and they, they just sort of seemed to be unfocused. There was definitely a culture of, of not giving feedback. They didn't want to, because of there was a democratic style, they didn't want to hear it uh, from the leadership team. Um, and, and I think as a result, what what you saw from a, a very highly skilled and talented group was like kind of half-built successes at the end of the day. Um, and general unhappiness too, to be honest. like. I think they felt like because it was democratic and affiliative that it would be the opposite. But I think at the end of the day, it was there was general unhappiness. Yeah, I mean, I think it can create a lot of a lot of challenges within a team, especially. And I think it's a great example, Chuck, because you know, often when when teams kind of over-index into affiliative, or even I think to your good point on democratic, is it can end up being a situation where many team members may actually be holding themselves back or may feel like they have to go along with a with a, their other team members which can create this underlying it can number one it could go towards a toxic environment but it can create this underlying you know uh, you know unhappiness but also apathy and it can be really really challenging where that's where as leaders we have to look at the dynamics of our team and see are they achieving goals are they growing as individuals as a team because it's our job to then say, maybe it's time to shift and you know push the team in a different direction so that everyone has the chance to actually grow and achieve some goals versus feeling like they have to just kind of go along with this idea that as long as we're all in harmony and happy, then everything's going great. And that doesn't always mean that we're growing, but again, both as individuals or a team. And Marita, does that help? And do you have a, do you have a, some ideas about how you might use this leadership style? No, that that helps. Um, I, I just had this question, um, but I think that answers uh, what I was looking for. <clears throat> I was thinking about my team currently also where, yes, there are conflicts and uh, yes, there are times when I have to be at the center of the remediation. I I actually influence them to find a solution uh, and I try not to give an answer or be an answer dis dispensing machine, dispensing machine. Um, so, uh, but what I have seen that over the course of a couple of months, um, there are individuals who buy into that solution who say, yes, you know, your, your team and they go in and then they, they kind of, pull themselves out of that like circle and that is when i feel like okay this this is not working and how how to deal with that one particular person that is now affecting that entire team who who can see him and 
or her, like what he's doing. Well, it's him. And I don't know. So I was just thinking, like, is that is that uh, a f- affiliative style that I was using? Because that is that was my first take on it. Like, uh, bring everyone together, even if one person faces a challenge, the solution lies with the entire team when they talk about it together. And uh, and that way, it's a common shared solution so that everyone is aligned. It works for everyone else also. No one will face that challenge other than that person who reported that challenge. Um, and it brings in harmony for sure. But then if one person falls out of that circle, that's when I, I start to feel like, no, it's, this is this is one person and then... I, I don't know this it's then again there's a bit more of coaching that goes in and then again I, I wait to help and, and see results but I don't know <laughs> so I was just starting to wondering what um what I can do or how this works yeah I'm curious yeah I'm curious um you know, unfortunately, I haven't been here through all the week, so I don't know if you've covered this particular thing, but in covering all of these different leadership styles, there is a bit of the right tool for the right job, but there's also a level of consistency that needs to be performed by the leader themselves, right? And and then it's also balanced with the fact that some people respond to certain, I'm just thinking about my own leadership style, right? And, uh, you know, there's my, what I would call my dominant style, and then there are my tactical styles, right? Which is what I learn in here and, and what I might apply to individuals that might be in a challenging situation and how do they respond, right? And so I think I go to my default one when things get tough. Um, but when I am trying to tackle a, a specific challenge or a person or maybe a, a small group of individuals, that's where I start to shift my style. And, and I'm, I'm just careful or I've become more conscious of consistency in leadership style, right? It's not that I'm going to be combative one day and, and uh, affiliative another day. And, uh, but uh, I, I think I, I've been trying to focus on some consistency with some of those individuals so they know what to expect from me and, and see if I get results that way. Otherwise, I, even for myself, mentally, I get, it feels very schizophrenic uh, when, I'm, when I try too many things at once, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic point. When we talk about flexing styles, right? I think if, you know, if we say that, you know, oh, I'm going to be flexing, you know, every single style multiple times a day, or, you know, that that can get kind of schizophrenic and really, you know, to your point, Mark takes a lot of mental capacity to even do that. So I, I agree with you. I think that there's definitely, you know, dominant styles, or I think, you know, as you go through you know, forming a new team potentially or on a, on a regular basis doing, you know, vision and mission work with your team. I think this is a good moment of reflection into leadership style and what do you gravitate towards and what is important. And I, and I think about a lot with affiliative style, which is at the core, there's a lot that I like about this style and a lot that I think I, it resonates a lot with me and how I think about my teams and what I want from a a team dynamic, what I want the cultural values to be of our team, which is that we care about each other. We know each other. We pay attention to what we, what's happening with individuals. And I think those at a, at a foundational level are really important. And then there's likely to your point, you know, there's some of these other ones that we've talked about that can be more challenging, right? It's like you think about pace setting, right? It was one of the first ones we went through and it's like, very polarizing, but it's like, well, when is that necessary? And those might be the ones that are, are rarely used or used in very specific situations, but knowing kind of what resonates with you. And I think going through this is a part of the intention was for all of us to learn these styles, but to name them so that as we, as we kind of go through the series and then take a step back and reflect even to your point, Mark, like what is your dominant? Like what are the style or styles that you really use all the time. Who are you as a leader and why? And if you want to flex or, or shift into some other styles, like what does that mean? But know that there might be some that you kind of go towards all the time as you think about if someone was to ask you what your leadership style is, that's probably going to be communicating your dominant styles that you use most frequently and only flex to the others, again, as, as the situation um, requires. And I would just add as we as we start to kind of get to our last couple, you know, 15 minutes here, 
as we think about how to use this style, you know, some of these things and, and kind of reading about it is, you know, it's, it's paying attention to people's birthdays. It's knowing a little bit about their families and asking how they're doing. It's what probably a lot of us do at the beginning of a meeting, talking to people, ask how their weekend was, you know, what's going on in their life. Just the, the moment of like the chit chat at the, the top of the meeting to connect with people on a personal human level to build those relationships before we get to the task at hand. Those things feel very small, but it starts to show that we care. And it's a fact of leaders taking the time, again, to acknowledge that everyone that we work with, they're a part of our team and we wanna have a strong team dynamic. They're also individuals that have lives. And it's important for us to acknowledge that both in helping them set good boundaries and taking time off and taking care of what they need to, but also just, again, letting them feel like they are important as a person as well. And, and I would love to hear how everyone else has maybe, you know, used a style like this or what resonates with them on how they even just connect on a human level with their teams. But I, early in my career, I remember, you know, something as, as small as I was on a, a new project and it was a really big project and a lot of people were coming onto it, going off of the project. So there was a lot of shifting going on within the team. And I remember, you know, being in a big meeting, there was probably 30 people in the room and we were doing this big demo of a, of a, uh, a product. And my leader kind of leaned over to me and said, you know, who's that person? Somebody was, you know, doing something part of the demo. And I said, oh, I'm not sure. And, and they didn't say it in a, um, a you know, a, a negative way at all, but they just said, it's important to know your team know your team. And I always remember that because it resonated as a really solid reminder of just, it doesn't take a lot for us to take the time to know someone's name, to acknowledge who they are, to make the time to walk up to somebody on the team and ask their name, introduce yourself, get to know them. And I'll, I'll, I'll stop on talking on this point, but I always remember there was, um, we may have spoken about it that, you know, Bob Iger, and there's a lot of books about him now that he's, he's retired from Disney. But, you know, he had a reputation of somebody that whenever there was a meeting going on, you know, he made it a point to go around the table and shake hands and introduce himself to every single person in that room. And he's Bob Iger, pretty much everybody in the company and a lot of people in the world know who he is. But for him to take the time to introduce himself so that everyone felt important and seen for someone like that was a really powerful statement to character. So I'll pause there. I would love to hear how, how everybody thinks about this style and what are some of the things that you just do to connect with individuals on your team in this human level, which is very much what Affiliative is about. I think of one creative uh, instance where uh, a leader I was working with had uh, had done a very creative, they did something very creative um, in an affiliative style. And that was, we had, a, you know, kind of like an all day meeting. It was a big all hands meeting. And one of the things this person did was uh, they had, they asked everyone to bring to the meeting something that was, was really, really important to them that they really valued. And it's some kind of a, you know, a, an item, you know, whatever that may be. And, um, and in the beginning of the meeting, we spent some time, everybody shared what they brought and why this was important to them. And it was just incredibly powerful and amazing because there were people that were talking about things that, you know, were, you know, a reminder of someone they lost in their life that was dear to them or some super achievement that they did in their, you know, academics or, and it just really created this, this, amazing connection, um, both emotionally and, um, and cohesively within the team. And that's just a very small thing that this, that this leader did that was, uh, really stood out in my mind in terms of, of an affiliative style. Um, and there's so many different ways that you can do that. Again, this is something where I, I really believe you can pivot in and pivot out of affiliative leadership and you, and you bring it in where it's appropriate and you, you don't just sit in it like all the time because that's when you'll get into the, to the muddy parts or the murky parts where you might start to see, um, things slip. But that would be an example of, um, something that really stood out to me. And I think it's also really important for, you know, you to, 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 to know your team. I, I know that some of you have very, very large teams, but, um, you know, as much as you can, especially if you're able to, and your teams are manageable enough or small enough that you can really know the, you know, the intricacies of their, who their family is, or maybe they lost their dog or, 
you know, I have a, a staff member right now that lost a son, you know, that I can check in with that person and on a very personal level, ask them, how are you doing? And, you know, or, or something personal, you know, I, it, it really just does, it, it does so much in such a powerful way to connect that person to the leader and, and the leader can really show that they care in the eyes of the, of the, of the staff, staff, the team, or anyone they're working with. It doesn't even have to be somebody that reports to you. It could be somebody that you're working with outside of your department. Yes, Tamara, what you described is really humanizing to both the leader and the individual, for sure. Yeah, I love, I actually wrote that down too, because I, I really love the example of what you said, which it sounds to me almost like a show and tell, but, you know, people bringing something that is important to them, because I think we've all, we've all been in the meetings where we're meeting new people or some events going on, and we've done the like kind of cringy icebreaker sessions where it's meant to like let everybody get to know each other on a personal level, but always ends up being kind of awkward. Um I actually might, I'm going to steal that idea because I think that's a really fun way of, you know, in a very small way, giving people a bit of a, you know, a space to share something about themselves and they can choose whatever that is. And I think back to um, when we started talking about, you know, presentation and, and how to be an effective presenter and storytelling in one of our past sessions, I remember um, Mako actually shared that he he did these kind of lightning round presentation formats where everybody on his team kind of had to present. It was part of them giving that experience, but he let them talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. And I think that it was like they spoke for five or 15 minutes, somewhere in there, a short period of time. But it was another reminder of like, that's another example of share whatever you want to. And everyone was amazed when people would get up and talk about a hobby that they did or a talent that they have or a passion that they have. And the ones that were really much more open and beyond beyond work were really empowering. And again, I think as I think about why this is all important, it is about it is about humanizing people and it is about knowing people. But I think when I think about leadership styles, this is really important because when we want to think about high functioning teams, it's that idea that right, go fast, go alone, go far, go together concept team dynamics are really important to successes, to accomplishing the moonshots we've talked about, to accomplishing really hard things, almost impossible things. So it's important that our team comes together, has camaraderie. Um, I think back to, you know, probably what's in the, somewhat in the, the Ted Lasso examples, like are able to do a lot and accomplish a lot. And these steps on building really strong connections and understanding each other on a personal level can be really powerful in enabling a team to perform at a really high level and do really amazing work. I love that, Kelly. And I, I mean, I think, you know, again, back to the Ted Lasso um, um, examples, but, you know, when you have um, that human connection, teams can do amazing things together. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, again, I think, and, and I think as, as we think about, you know, and we're kind of getting for the last five minutes, as we think about, again, when to use this style, right? And as you reflect on leadership styles and name them, both as you reflect for yourself, but I think other big important part of this is how do you help your team understand this? How do you help your team members understand what their style is and what they would gravitate towards? What works for them as an individual? What works for their teams? It's really important as we kind of go through this, you know, our own kind of learning of this new, of this style, but understanding it. And I think this is one of those styles that, especially when you're coming into a new team potentially, or you're forming a new team, or you're kicking off a new project, I could see this style being incredibly effective on team forming to be able to move forward into potentially a, a long-term goal or a really challenging project as you kind of bring that team together. It's the, it's, it feels very similar to the concept of often when, you know, leaders will do big offsites, right? And it's maybe on an annual basis or maybe less frequently, or if you form a new team, you do an offsite. And part of that offsite is people coming together and connecting on a personal and individual level. And then as a team to be able to then go forward into the next year or period of time, 
to accomplish something amazing, right? Whatever that might be. So I think it's, you know, that's one that just really resonates as we've been talking about this is, you know, moving into either again, a new project or a kickoff or a new team, this can be a really powerful tool to use as you're starting that process to really bring people together and create a really strong camaraderie. Yeah, and I'd add to that. I, you know, I'm I'm always super fascinated by human dynamics, and and more and more fascinated as the years go by. You know, and I know as leaders, you know, we're oftentimes we're under a, a lot of demands. Um, we have a lot of time constraints, but you know, you know, oftentimes I would say ninety nine percent of the time that I think I look at somebody and I think I know everything about them, I am a hundred percent wrong. And taking the time to, you know, to apply an affiliative leadership style and taking the time, even though it's a big investment, it feels like a huge um, sacrifice to a leader, taking the time to really understand the inside of the book and not just the cover can just, it, it can just result in dividends of success, you know, with, with, with people. And, and really it, I, I think for me, it just really enhances and enriches my life in so many ways when I really take the time to get to know people. Um, but I think overall, um, remember we're looking at multiple, we're looking at six different leadership styles here. And I think the whole focus and the whole goal here in having these conversations is really just to raise awareness and when you're, you know, how you're going to apply your leadership styles and that awareness in when you're in, in strategically or tactically choosing which style you're going to use. And, and again, learning about these leadership styles helps us to to make that more um um, what's the word I want to say? Basically, that we're we're able to choose very strategically or very tactically when we want to pivot from one to the other based upon the situation, based upon the individual, and um, and then of course naturally to we can grow ourselves and we can grow others to be better leaders. Give everybody a chance at last, last minute thoughts as we get ready to close our session here. Any insights, any takeaways? So next week, we're going to visit our last leadership style, which is visionary. And I would encourage everybody to kind of go back and just touch touch in on each one of these because we're going to try to create some scenarios to see you know what we've learned and how we might apply them and which you know these various different leadership styles which one might we apply in different scenarios so you know go back and refamiliarize yourself with it and um and then we're also looking at um expanding uh, maybe into some other leadership styles that go outside of Daniel Goleman. Um, so I believe, believe Kelly, you're going to send a survey out to get some feedback on that. Um, and then we'll, we, we always welcome ideas about different topics or different areas that you'd like to explore around leadership. Um, so before I close out, any other thoughts? Okay. Um, this was a great session. I learned a lot. I appreciate everybody's participation. You guys are just a wealth of knowledge. And as a group, we just, you know, investing in yourself and investing in others. It, it's just, we're getting, we're getting the dividends here. So the quote that I'm going to leave you with today is from Daniel Goleman himself. And that is the best leaders don't know just one style of leadership. They're skilled at several and have the flexibility to switch between styles as the circumstance just dictates. So with that, everyone, go out and have a fabulous weekend. And thank you again for making time for yourself and for others here. Thank you, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have a great, have a great weekend. Okay, kill there. <laughs>